Hello, everyone, and welcome to our first podcast. We are Every Gamer's Podcast. If you want an idea of what we're going to talk about on this show, it's entertainment we like, video games and movies. We are by no means professional critics on any of these subjects, but we thought we'd start up a podcast to share our opinions. And as our first controversial topic, we are going to talk about our f- top 10 video games and movies. Controversial. <laughs> my name is Barry. What's up? My name's Craig. And, and here, we, here go. we go. So, so we're both going to start off from number, from number 10, 10 and work our, our way up. And then, and then we'll just have a conversation from there. So I did most so of the talking first. first. Yes. You can start first. first. All right, you want me to start with number 10? Yeah. Okay. Um, so 10 was a late addition for me. So I went with Pokemon Sword. Um, if it matters, I had bumped uh, Death Stranding off. So Death Stranding to me was, I mean, it's close, but I obviously didn't spend a lot of time with I don't think you did either. <laughs> no, I never finished the game. Right. So, and obviously I haven't played a lot of Pokemon Sword, but I think there's enough there as far as it's going to it's gonna keep me going, basically. So I have to give it some time. It may end up being something that I switch out, but for now I think Pokemon Sword is is a solid 10 for me. If we had 11, yes. I would probably put a, would have put Pokemon Shield in there for me. They're same. practically the same game. You didn't put Pokemon on there at all. No, I didn't. Not at all. <sighs> I guess my, ma- my main thing with Pokemon was mm-hmm. that I've been playing every generation since it came out. Right. And on the Switch version, I just expected more out of it. The okay. new Pokemon I did like. That's not a problem that I have with it. Right. The Dynamaxing is cool, mm-hmm. but I just wanted more of a grand spectacle to it. Kind of like how when the new generation consoles come out, everybody wants the next upgrade. Right. I don't think Pokemon made that big of an upgrade to warrant you know, being on the list. Maybe if the Switch was more powerful, right. Game Freak would have done more with the game. But for me, if I had an 11, Pokemon Shield would be in there. But as of right now, I, okay. I wasn't a big fan of that one. Hmm. That's pretty varying, but I see it. I mean, I think it's probably, when I look at it, the last one I played was uh, the one on the DS, 3DS. So that would have been Sun and Moon. And at least visually, right, like this one is much better. Um, so, again, I got to give it some more time because I probably put five or six hours into it. So it may end up being something that once I get towards the end, I'm like, man, this was terrible. But for now... I'm going to leave it on there for number 10. Uh, what do you got? So for me, I actually have Gears 5 okay. as, a, as my number 10. Okay. My, my main thing, thing with that, that one was I thought the story was good, and, and I used to play all of the Gears of War. War. I, de- I definitely skipped the one before this. Four? Yes, Gears 4. four. Okay. Yeah, so Gears 4 I, I skipped because I just didn't have, I didn't have an Xbox One at the time, I don't believe. Really? I did not. Okay. Um, with Gears 5, what I really liked about it was there was story, the gameplay, the gunplay was also really good with that. Mm-hmm. I had an enjoyable experience. I also played it co-op with you, so right. that might have a little bit more to do with it. <laughs> right. And really, my only problem with that game was the open world exploration parts. Which was bad. Yeah. The yeah. set pieces were good. Mm-hmm. And in the, the action and the decision making, the, the couple choices, choices that we had, had with it, it which, which is why I think I enjoyed the game. The 
free roaming exploration part of the game I think is small enough that that's why it's at number 10 in my list, but it's still like a really bad part of right. the game. Uh, I would say, so I have it at number eight for me. So I have it up a little bit higher. Um, I think part of it is because of the co-op, right? If I would have played that by myself, I don't know if it would have made it top 10, but I think the co-op made it that much better. The only issue I had with it besides the open world was the one the one mission we did where we had to start over mm-hmm. which i don't even remember what mission that was but it was some sort of save issue right where we had to do the whole thing over again um the story was good i really like gears 4 a lot and you didn't play that one so this was just adding on to it and then doing it co-op made it that much better for me so yeah that issue that we did have was in the one mission it was in the desert yeah and we, I, my character had gotten stuck. Oh, that's right. Yep. And I couldn't move or do anything. And because I couldn't kill myself either by throwing down a grenade, we couldn't do anything. And then when we exited out of that, it started us all the way back at the beginning of the the desert when we did not have that mission. Right. And glitches definitely are all going to be a part of all of these games. It's right. just a matter of how bad they are. For me, that glitch wasn't as wasn't as bad i I admit it was annoying yeah but i think it put us back probably what a half hour so it wasn't like super terrible but it was enough to annoy me (laughs) yeah i'll go ahead and then just go to my number nine because we did talk about your number eight for me it was cadence of hyrule okay uh it was a indie indie game that nintendo allowed these creators to use the uh the zelda license to make this rhythm game almost i'm a big fan of rhythm games i loved guitar hero loved rock band i really liked dj hero which mm-hmm. was surprising and cadence of hyrule wall doesn't have notes to play or a note chart or anything like that the music in that game the remixes it had of all like the classic ocarina of time and other zeldas it was really really cool to see that in a new a new light almost because zelda usually doesn't have anything to do with rhythm Right. And in this one, you match your movements to the rhythm, and you base your attacks on that as well. Okay. The only real problem I had with it is it was only like a three-hour game, so you can finish it in one sitting if you're really into it. It was also cheap, right? Yes, it was. Yeah. I think it was either 15 or 20 bucks. Okay. So I didn't play it at all, um, but also I'm not a Zelda fan, so I don't know that there's anything there that I would like. I do like rhythm games. Obviously, we both enjoy Rock Band and Guitar Hero, but I don't know, just something about the Zelda aspect, which I don't care about. Um, Breath of the Wild, I didn't like, so which everybody hates me for, but that's okay. So I don't know if I'll ever play that one, but I guess I could try it out. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number nine was A Plague's Tale Innocence. There's a semicolon or a colon in between there. Um, did you play that one at all? Did I did not. I okay. did hear a lot of what that game was about, and I was interested in it right. for a little bit, but I think what tore me away from that game was I was it was a full price game, wasn't it? Or at least close to it, a forty or I think it was forty. Yeah. yeah. Had I, it been something like a twenty dollar game, right. I probably would have tried that game out. Right. Uh, and I'll, I'll let you explain why right. you like that so, game. It's on the list for me, one, because it went on Game Pass. So I didn't have to pay for it, technically. Obviously, I'm paying per month. But um, 
if I would have had to pay $40, it's not worth $40 for sure. But it being free, or in this case, $10 a month or whatever I'm paying, it's definitely worth it. The story is very good. Gameplay-wise, there's not a lot there. Um, it's pretty much all stealth. So you're just kind of sneaking from one place to the other. The majority of it is, is puzzles that revolved around rats. So the rats are afraid of light and fire. So figuring out how to get from one side of an area to another without getting eaten by rats is the majority of the game. Um, there's also like uh, also other people that you have to sneak around, but that's pretty much the majority of the gameplay. It's not anything new for sure, um, but the story was enough. It was there that I enjoyed it. Um, you're just uh, a, a girl who's trying to get her little brother away from, I don't want to spoil it, but basically away from an invading army that's trying to kill her entire family is probably the easiest way to put it without spoiling stuff uh but it's it's good it's good the story's good if you have game pass for sure at least download it and try it it's worth it definitely not 40 dollars. but even if you don't have game pass i think you could probably find it for 10 or 20 bucks now it's been out for a while and you mentioned that game was has a, a older sister and her brother yeah. yep is that game co-op at all no all right no so just single player it probably took about, I want to say, 10 to 12 hours to beat. So it's not insanely long, but it's not short. Um, the game, I mean, it's worth it. It's worth it at least check out, especially if you have Game Pass. So not solid number nine for me, and obviously my number eight was Gears. So we can swing back to you for number eight. Yeah, number eight's just going to be a very personal one for me. It's going to be Kingdom Hearts 3. <sighs> And I know that's going to be very definitive amongst anybody who listens to this or yes. knows me, but they all, most people know that I love Kingdom Hearts. I've played all throughout the series, so the story makes sense to me, and I know it doesn't make sense to everybody. You're one of the few. Exactly. That can understand it at least, because i got a big brain. But what Kingdom Hearts 3 does well that I think everybody can look into is it's a really pretty game. Mm-hmm. The cutscenes, almost after every cutscene, you just, camera zooms back and you're playing again, which I think is pretty impressive considering a lot of, a lot of these games with cutscenes, even Death Stranding, which is a made, which is an amazing looking game, mm-hmm. there is a fade to black or something, or it's a next day that puts you back into the game. Right. I think the fact that everything all runs in one engine and the game is very seamless, so you're never really out of that world, means... I think it's something to be said about what Square Enix did with that game. Right. The combat is flashy and very fun, which brings it back to Kingdom Hearts 2, which is what a lot of people like that combat. I understand that the negatives are going to be the story and how it doesn't make any sense. Right, and it doesn't. <laughs> I'm going to ignore that one. <laughs> and what... What really, I guess, is the big drawback of this game is the fact that not all of the story ends have been tied up in Kingdom Hearts 3, so we're just waiting another 8, 9, 10 years, so I'm going to be 35 with a kid then, and I'm going to have to explain to him why I'm in line at midnight waiting for another Kingdom Hearts game. Right. And I get that, I just really wish that they would have explained everything a lot better just to begin with. Because it really, 
it really hurts it, and I think that's what's holding that game back. I think everybody really likes the Disney World aspect of it. It's just that you... Sometimes the storyline story is bland. Take, for example, the Frozen World. It's just a set-for-set set one piece of Frozen, almost. And the story uh, holds that back as well. Right. And that might be because they were working with Disney, and they have certain constraints on working with their titles. Right. So I don't have it in my top ten at all. Um, I did enjoy it. Obviously, we both played it at the same time right when it came out. We both beat it. But I don't think I could tell you 95% of what happened in that game. I just don't remember. I mean, I remember Frozen. I remember the Hercules level. For me, I enjoy the Disney aspect more because the other part of the story, I only played 1 and 2 and then obviously 3. And all the other, I'll say nonsense. I know that's probably a bad word for it, but the nonsense other games that were on like Game Boy and all that stuff, I never played. So the main storyline, I just, it went right over my head. Uh, but the game itself was entertaining. It was enough for me to actually play through the whole thing. We'll go ahead and go to you for then. For seven? seven? Yeah. Okay. So my number seven, and you might think it's a little low, but my number seven is going to be Apex. Um, I don't know if you have it on your I list. I have it at four. Okay. Yeah, see, I figured you would have it higher because when we were in the middle of playing apex we played apex like we played it every day every night and then we hit we just dropped off and i think that's probably around the time we switched to call of duty but um apex was man that was that's a game i I, like they just came out with another season i think there's a new character and i keep looking at it like oh i should go back to that but again i think we're were at least I am so wrapped up in Call of Duty that I don't have time to do both, so you have to kind of pick one or the other. But Apex was definitely one of the better games this year. I keep forgetting it came out 2019. I feel like it's been out for years. But, man, that game was a ton of fun when we were playing it. Yeah, what I re- like, what's really nice with Apex, and because I have it all the way at number four, is I also think that it was... I'm also taking the bigger grant, like the grandscape of things, into it a little bit more. Took the attention away from Fortnite while right. momentarily, it was definitely it. You took some of Fortnite's biggest, you know, biggest players had them play for a little bit. You might have paid them, you know, <laughs> right. AKA Ninja. Mm-hmm. But I taking away some of those fans, I definitely think has something to be warranted for the ping system, like. Mm-hmm. I think almost a lot of games need to take that ping system from Apex and put it in their own game, especially when working cooperatively with friends, because it is so easy. It is one button, and the game automatically knows what you're looking at or trying to ping or trying to say. And it was so good that Fortnite even, you know, took that ping system. I think even something as simple as having one person be the drop master was, like, a genius move, because... You can still break off and go wherever you want, but for the most part, even when you're playing with random people, it keeps you all together, um, which is huge because like, this game was so good that it got me to stop playing Black Ops 4, um, Blackout, like the that version, like I, we switched over because um, it was just that much better. And now to go back and try to play Black Ops 4 and do the Battle Royale mode, you just look at it and you're like, man, this is... 
there's so many things that Apex does that Call of Duty didn't do that just makes it a far superior game. And then obviously that stuff that Apex does, I'm assuming Modern Warfare is going to put into their Battle Royale whenever that comes out, hopefully soon. But there's just so many little things they put in there that just made it so much better. It kept, I guess, the toxic community down in Apex, which is a lot higher in Call of Duty and Fortnite and that kind of stuff. Obviously, we don't. I don't play Fortnite. You don't really play Fortnite either. I used to. Yeah, I was never good at it. I couldn't build, so that just kind of killed it for me. But man, Apex did a lot of stuff that I think a lot of games for a while are going to be copying, which is something that you should take note of. So, yeah, really, my only negative with Apex Legends is, and maybe it's because like sometimes we would just get absolutely ran over by another <laughs> squad. Right. But I just wish sometimes the matchmaking was a little bit better, and I'm gonna mention this in other games in our in the list that we have too. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I just wish that the skill based thing I sometimes think don't don't work because sometimes if you're looking at the best player in the squad and there is a deep um, difference between the best player and the worst player on a squad. I feel like a lot of these games just take, okay, this is the best player's... We're going to take the best player's skill level and we're going to put them in the game with the best skill player's level. Right. And that worst person, because you tend to be better at first-person shooters than I am. Mm -hmm. That's just a fact that I've noticed. <laughs> but when we get put in, when we would get put into games together sometimes, and I'm going to mention this later in a certain game, mm -hmm. that... I'm just I'm just horrible at it. I'm not having any fun. Mm -hmm. And it's because I'm either just dying or I'm getting run over by another squad. Yep. Yep. Agreed. We'll go with that. My actually my number seven was my late edition for this list, okay. which was the Resident Evil 2 remake. Alright. Do you have that on your list I at all? I don't have it on my list, but it is a very good game. Yeah. The reason I think that this certain remake should make the list is because it does so many things different than what the original game did. Okay. Like, other remakes that, that I liked this year, you know, I loved the Age of Empires 2 remake, and I play that on my computer a lot, but it's just a copy of that game with higher graphics and can play on more today's computers. Mm -hmm. With the Resident Evil 2 remake, the story was fun. The getting to play different storylines while they were only really slightly different for the most part from my point of view i thought that it was it kind of gives you more replayability factor if you're really getting into the game and i did play both storylines there okay. so i didn't i didn't finish it um i don't remember something else came out and obviously the the downfall to somebody like me having gamefly is if the game is not like 100% insanely the best thing I've ever played in the back of my mind I'm always thinking like I need to send this back so I can get something else so I was fully invested in Resident Evil 2 I got to the first time that and I'm gonna blank on his name the guy that you can't kill that starts following you around I think that's either Mr. X or yeah, Mr. Yeah. X the first time that I he came in in the police station so I was probably maybe five or six hours in at that point and I couldn't figure out what to do. And that's super stressful. When he's following you around, it's just super stressful because I got to the point where like I had no ammo. Um, I was literally just running, trying to figure out where to go. And I could have looked it up, but I didn't. And at that point I just kind of fell off and I stopped playing it. I do want to go back and play it. 
because um, as far as remakes, it's definitely, I think, the best remake this year. I'm trying to think of other remakes. Uh, for me, the big remake this year was Medieval that came out because that was like my childhood. That I played that game a lot, and I completely played through that game. I beat it and all that, but that was literally just them taking the game and making it look a little bit better and selling it off for 40 bucks or whatever it was. Whereas this was, they took the main game and just completely started over from scratch, new engine, everything. So they did a lot of work. I'm, I'm pumped for Resident Evil 3. That comes out in a couple weeks. So again, I just it's something I do need to go back and finish. I just, I got super stressed about Mr. X and I was just like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> did you play uh, Resident Evil 7? Uh, the Biohazard yeah. one with, yeah, I did okay. play a little okay. bit of that. I never finished it, but I did. That was one of my first moments in VR uh-huh. that I thought was something they did extremely well. Right. And I really don't have any VR games on my list. I, re- I don't have a VR readily accessible to me yet, mm-hmm. but that that was something that made me feel like VR could definitely be a future just because that that got you so engrossed in it and it almost felt like, you know, being in a horror movie a little bit with some of the things that that game did. Right. Because historically, I hate horror games. They stress me out and then, like, I stop playing them. But, like, Resident Evil 7, when that came out, I think I beat that, like, three times. And that was the first time a horror game was so good that, like, I just had to keep playing it. So... It says a lot for me to want to play through a horror game and not just get to the point where I'm just so stressed and like all the jump scares, I'm just like, I don't want to do this anymore. So Resident Evil is definitely doing something right yeah. for me to get me to play it like that. So that was your seven? Correct. Yes. Right. You want to do six? Sure. I'll go there. All right. My number six was Devil May Cry 5. Okay. Do you have that one on I your list at all? I don't, but I think I totally forgot that game existed. Okay. It's good, though. <laughs> yeah, well, one of the reasons I put this on my list was because you would let me borrow that game, mm-hmm. and I oh, I think I beat it in like a weekend almost. <laughs> I, th- I put literally almost 12 hours into that game in one day. Yeah. And for me, I have never played a Devil May Cry. I tried playing the DMC one. Yep. And I, I could not play that one. And I understand that a lot of people don't like that game. That's my favorite but, one, too. Is it? Okay. And I know a lot of people hate it, but like that was my favorite one. What I liked about this game was it was just something... It Devil May Cry knows what it is, and it knows when it can be goofy. Mm-hmm. And when it can be serious and fun. I knew about the ranking system, so the fact that the character V, mm-hmm. I was able to get triple S's with him... I felt like I was doing very good at the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then to find out later that he's e- literally the <laughs> easiest to get triple S's on. Right. Uh, it didn't take any away from that game. Like, I really don't have any negatives about it. Just because, to me, that game was a flash flash in the night for me. Mm-hmm. Where I beat it in a week, gave it back to you, and I was like, that was just fun. Yep. I don't understand any of what was going on. You <laughs> know, it was... Is non-existent. Yeah, yeah, you're you're at one point I think in space, mm-hmm. and all that all that stuff is just going on, and it's it, it, it's a pretty looking game too, and all the callbacks to uh, kind of previous games as well mm-hmm. uh, with Dante and with who who's the other sword user in that game? Virgil. Virgil. Virgil, like the the villain. No, not oh. the villain. 
the the kid that has a motor in his you know sword oh, yeah, where he yeah, vroom, yeah. vrooms it. Yeah, <laughs> vroom vroom guy. I don't remember. Yeah, but I I really liked his his claw or like the shooting fist mechanic and all the different types of things you could do with that. Mm-hmm. That was a man. You're bringing up games that I just totally forgot when I was making my list because that probably would have been on here somewhere. It probably would have knocked off Pokemon or something like that for number ten. Um. Number six for me was Mario Maker 2. Okay. I don't have that one on there, but I also didn't play it. Okay. And I think a lot of that was I didn't have a Wii U. Um, so I didn't play the first Mario Maker. I think the only time I played it was when I would go to somebody else's house and they had it. So I didn't have much experience with it. But for whatever reason, it's probably if you were to go on like my YouTube you would see that that's probably the most, like all the videos I watched, 85% of it is Mario Maker videos. Um, so even though I wasn't playing it, I was super into just like all the types of levels people would make and stuff. So when this came out, uh, it was huge that it was on the Switch. I had the Switch. I didn't have to go find a Wii U to play Mario Maker. Uh, and I spent, I probably spent just as many hours making levels as I do playing them. And it's very easy to just at at the end of the night when I'm laying in bed just like play five or six levels that random people have made or even friends have made that they send you codes for it's just a good time uh, and you can spend hours and hours and hours building levels if you want to or you can spend 30 minutes just doing an endless run and just seeing different levels so it never gets old for me uh, they added in recently Zelda mechanics to the game which is awesome it's just, I don't think, it's a game that I'll always go back to when I don't know what to play. So for me, it's definitely right in the middle of the list is where it's going to be for me. Yeah, I understand how like popular that game yeah. was for sure. Mm-hmm. And even for me, I never played that game, but I would watch a YouTuber named Trihex mm-hmm. go and play the really difficult levels. And there's something really satisfying about watching right. those guys do those levels because I guess they're called Kaizo levels yeah. is what they are. Yep. Like, they're just so difficult. I never would have the patience or the time, I guess, to learn all of that stuff. Right. Really, the only... Mario isn't that big of... Isn't that big of my childhood, which I feel like Mario Maker does a lot of, is going back to people's childhoods. Mm -hmm. I really liked Super Mario 3D World, but that's because I think it's almost a completely different Mario game at that point. Yeah. Which, I guess, in a way is similar to what Super Mario Maker 3 is, but with everything being 2D and not 3D. Right. But I definitely understand why that game is so popular. And I'm starting to actually figure out our differences in games are actually very, very wide. I think we only have two that have matched so far. Yeah, we have Gears and Apex so far. Yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. That's good that we have a, a, a difference because we play a lot of games together. But it's obvious that, like, there's a ton of games that we're playing separately that I had no idea pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so it's cool. My number five, and I know you're going to have this game on your list is going to be call of duty, modern warfare. Okay. I have it at number four. Okay. So we're, we're so we're not that far close. off. Yeah. I picked call of duty, modern warfare was, and I'm just going to go over the points I have. Yeah. Graphics, mm-hmm. the really good story mode, I thought. Mm-hmm. And, I thought I really do like the multiplayer at most points, but I do have to admit every time I'm paired with you or my brother Brandon, I'm getting paired in games that I I am have no part in being right. in. Right. 
which I'm glad that Team Deathmatch and Kill Confirmed are sort of ways where I can get a couple kills, and I'm, I really do like Cyber Attack a lot, because mm-hmm. even if I get killed, I can get revived. I've never been a big fan of Search and Destroy, just because, you know, you, you get killed early on, you're just watching for the rest of the game. Right. But this Call of Duty did a lot of things, and I get the story mode was controversial. I still had fun with it, but yeah. maybe that's because their storylines and plots didn't affect me personally as much, and I understand that. Right. But everything else I thought that game did was just fun, and we do know that the Battle Royale is eventually going to come out. Right. And if that Battle Royale is as good as I think you and I are hoping it's going to be, mm-hmm. it's going to also probably make us forget about Apex yeah. a little bit more. True. Yeah, I think I'm kind of at the point where I'm waiting for the Battle Royale. Like, I still play Call of Duty just about every day. But it's more at this point of a necessity of, I have the Battle Pass. I need to get all the way to the top of the Battle Pass to get my money's worth. Um, But I'm definitely starting to slow down on it. I do know, like, when we would all play together, um, I always had fun. When we would play with your brother, I would get frustrated. Because we would be pitted up against, like the skill level was way higher than mine so i wasn't having any fun you weren't having any fun your you know your brother's having fun but we're just constantly getting killed and at that point i just don't want to play anymore um so it does do a good job of putting you against your own skill level because like when i play by myself i know i feel like i'm having a good time it's not it's out there it's on the main by any means but i feel like we all know it's there if i'm playing free for all i never feel like i can't for me if the I'm battle pass match, and getting like the guns gold pretty, is only going to do so much for me anymore. I think I have like six or seven guns gold and I'm starting to lose interest and desire to get the rest of them because it's just so much work and there's so many other games I could play at this point. So until the battle royale pass or the battle royale comes out, I think it's definitely going to start dropping off for me now. Maybe a couple matches a day or maybe i won't play for a couple days on end but as soon as that battle royale drops you know that i'm gonna be there every night (laughs) for a while because i played the black ops 4 battle royale a lot longer than you did yeah i think you even got rid of your copy right yeah once that (laughs) once i knew modern warfare i think was coming i think it was about three months before it came out i didn't get rid of that game yeah right because i remember you getting rid of it and i was still pretty heavily into the battle royale at that point but Again, even that got old. So as long as they keep it fresh, I think they could keep this going until whatever else is coming out this fall, whatever they decide on, if it's Black Ops again or who knows. But yeah, that's I had mine at four, so I had it one higher than you, but that makes sense. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm having more, a little bit more fun with it than you are. Yeah, <laughs> and, it's, and it's also with that type of game and when after you're done with a campaign... Mm-hmm multiplayer if you're good at multiplayer you're gonna have fun wiping the floor with everybody right right i don't even like i wouldn't even consider myself maybe average but maybe maybe a little bit below that but i've i appreciate what that game does and i definitely think it's a lot of fun okay sure so my number five which i am assuming is on your list somewhere if it isn't i'd be surprised is borderlands 3 i actually don't have borderlands 3 on. you didn't put it on okay See, this one blows my mind a little bit because we have played so much of it. <laughs> I, that's the one game I think that you're going to mention that I honestly forgot. <laughs> See, I get that because I just thought it was a lock because of how, much, how many hours we put into that game. Because we played through the entire campaign. 
um, when the first DLC came out, when, you know, we played through that, and that took, what, two days, something like that. And then, obviously, they just announced another one that's coming out at the end of March. So I'm assuming we'll be back into that again. The thing that's crazy to me about Borderlands is that, in general, it seems like people hate it, and I don't understand like listening to other podcasts and they just do not like it for whatever reason they say the jokes are old the jokes aren't good Uh, i'm not going to pretend like they are but i never thought they were annoying like i never got annoyed at that game where it seems like everybody else did um maybe it's because we were playing it co-op and it just kind of you can ignore it and just i guess talk over it but for me it's it's what i wanted like i played through one two the prequel i did the telltale game the whatever tales from borderlands so i've done like all the borderlands stuff and i enjoy all of it but it's never been about the story for me it's just about you know getting my character to 50 or whatever that is and maxing out all the stats and all that good stuff but there i don't think there's anything else they could have done um to make it better right it's it is what it is it's a borderlands game i don't I don't know maybe i'm just a different person and i didn't want them to change and everybody else expected bigger changes from them because it is the same thing borderlands 3 and borderlands 2 i think the only difference is graphics right almost yeah it plays the same you can sprint now which i guess is new but it like it handles the same it plays the same it's the same concept there's a bazillion guns that's all i needed so it not being on your list, though, is a little surprising to me. <laughs> and I think, I think for the most part for me is Borderlands doesn't have that much of a history for me. Okay. I've tried playing 1, 2, mm-hmm. for sure. I never beat them. Okay. This is, uh, this is the first Borderlands game I beat was playing with you. Okay. And I think for a lot of it, the experience we had together was definitely fun. Like, mm-hmm. that game is fun, I think, with a friend. I really would be interested to find out how many people can beat that game with just solo. Right. Because, as we've mentioned before, the jokes aren't that good. Mm-hmm. And we run into the problem of not... We're waiting to find these super overpowered guns. You know, yep. the guns that make this game, you know, buck wild crazy. Right. But we haven't gotten any of those guns. You may... No. We, you, people probably have to work harder to get those guns, harder than we're willing to work for them. Right. But I beat that game... And I did have fun with it, mm-hmm. but I think it was primarily because we had that experience together with that game. Yeah. And I have a feeling that a lot of people that tried to play that game that don't like it are the ones who are just playing on their own. Yeah. I would. That's probably more accurate because after we beat it and they give you that option to go back and play it again on like the harder difficulty. And I did that because... Once we beat it, you stopped playing it, mm-hmm. and then I was like, oh, I still want to play, so I'm going to go back and play with my character and get better guns and that kind of stuff, and I made it through that first area, and after that, by myself, I was just like, no, this is this is not a game to play by yourself, whereas the first two, I beat both of them solo, and I enjoyed it, but this one is not good by yourself. It's just, I, maybe it's because we had just played 20 or 30 hours or however long we'd been playing, and I the fact of going through all of that again was just like i i don't care i don't care that much to get the good guns um talking to some other people who do have like what are considered the like the top tier guns they have you know farmed a certain boss over and over again or gone you know done the same thing over and over again and i don't have any desire to do that with borderlands i never have 
I beat the game, I play the DLC, and then I don't put much effort into it other than that. Yeah. So, but it was still solid enough for me to put in top five. So, uh, three. Yeah, three. So I'll go ahead and do this one. Okay. Three for me is Jedi Fallen Order. That's where I have it too. Okay, so perfect. We're, we're in agreement there. So for me, I re- this I think started my. I guess I'd call it super fandom of Star Wars, okay. because I I did play Battlefront when I was younger, mm-hmm. but I think the story is what really got me into the Star Wars universe with this one. Okay. It was a game I played constantly, and I tried to. I tried to wait for them to patch out these glitches, which I feel like never came. Mm-hmm. But with Star Wars, the the story and the gameplay are what kept me. Mm-hmm. The gameplay, it is a Dark Souls type game, and you know, and more people will learn that I really like those type of games. Right. I like the difficulty with it. I think a lot of them are fair. It's a lot of just learning about what each boss does and the tools that you have available to you and how you can use them. My main gripe with the game and probably what keeps it from being further is those technical glitches are so bad. There are times when I'm facing a mini boss of some sort and for example, I was walking on the ridge of a mountain in one of the worlds and a goat comes out and you have the entire, you know, ridge you could just fall off of. Mm -hmm. I hit the mountain goat, I guess is what I'll call him once. He flies into the mountain and... (laughs) You can't. You don't do anything about it. He just flew and he never came back. So I just continued going on. Mm-hmm. And there are times when those big kind of beefy monsters. I don't know any of the monsters' mm-hmm. names, yep. but their arms would extend like farther. <laughs> like you could see the physical tearing of their arms, and it doesn't look natural. And mm-hmm. I think to that point, I had waited. I believe almost two months. Okay. before playing this game because I, I wanted to play Star Wars but I wanted those technical glitches out of the way. Did you play it on PS4? Or no, Xbox? I played it on Xbox. Because okay. I didn't play it... Actually, never mind. It was it was PS4. It was PS4. Because okay. yeah. I played it on Xbox and I didn't... I'm trying to remember when I bought it but I didn't actually start playing it until after Christmas, right? Because I bought it right before Christmas. And my entire playthrough, I had zero glitches. Not one. The only thing was how bad the Wookiees looked, which was not a glitch. That was just how they made them. But it's crazy that like everybody talking about the glitches and other podcasts talking about the glitches, I didn't have any, which is wild. Um, I don't know if it was just patched out by then or if it was just not as bad on the Xbox as it was on the PS4 and PC. But yeah, for me, I didn't. There was nothing there. So it's weird that you had a lot yeah i did i did have a decent (laughs) amount more and what i will say too and probably probably what keeps it from being my number two is the fact that while playing it Mm -hmm. um i would i sometimes would have like a video or something going on in the background and i know you know government listening to us all that type of stuff the youtube (laughs) commercial for that game spoils Mm -hmm. the fact that darth vader is in the game right and i I had no clue, and I hated that. I couldn't tell you yeah. how angry I was at YouTube or the or the the campaigning for this game that you would put uh, Darth Vader in the commercials. Right. And I get it was meant to sell the game because people go, "Oh man, Darth Vader's in it! I got to see what he does." Mm-hmm. But I had never seen it in any of the previous advertising, so to see it then, and I still hadn't beaten the game. Right. Had I gotten to that final moment and I 
you know, heard, heard and saw Darth Vader for the first time without that, without it spoiling it, right. it would probably have made it up to my top two at that point. Yep. It, it definitely, that ending to me, because again, I already, by the time I played it, I had already heard that he was in it. So that ending to me was like very flat. Whereas if I wouldn't have known, I would have been like, oh man, this is ridiculous. But yeah, it was very flat. Because I was like, yeah, it's Darth Vader. We all knew he was coming. Whereas the people who probably played it when it first came out, they probably had a very different reaction. And also I think for me, you know that I don't like Dark Souls type games. I just don't really have that interest. So for me, I bought it because I can't really think of any Star Wars games that I haven't played. Right, like I played all the ones on Nintendo, Super Nintendo. Um, I played Dark Forces was like the first Star Wars first-person shooter that I played, and I played on like PlayStation One. Um, Jedi Knight on PC, I probably beat that twenty times. So like Star Wars, I don't. I hesitate saying Star Wars is my favorite genre of movies, but it's definitely up there. So like every star wars anything type game i would buy so i bought it knowing that i would not like this style of game at all because it was star wars but i ended up liking it anyway so maybe i should go back and try dark souls and all the other stuff but man it was it was a good game and not having glitches made it higher for me otherwise if i would have had those glitches it may have been like a five basically based on the fact that it's a dark souls type game and i struggled for a while until I lowered the difficulty and just accepted that I'm not good at it. <laughs> so I'm just here for the story. Which yeah. is just, yeah. yeah. And then this and the story was good and I beat the game I know on Jedi Master. Mm-hmm. Which is um, wild. Yeah, but but like that definitely and like I don't want to even try that game on Grandmaster yeah. because I, I have yeah. a I I know for a fact that that game is going to be even harder yep. than the other games because the fact that you can choose a difficulty is what makes it different from the the dark souls type games and i just feel like getting to grandmaster just i think would make that completely unfair yeah i don't think it'd be fun but i guess some people really like it so yeah. all right so two do you want to go or you want me to go because this is where we're this is where we're gonna i honestly diverge. i honestly think my top two and your top two are going to be completely different oh they are yeah for sure go ahead go ahead so for me my for me my number two and you knew it was eventually going to be becoming as <laughs> fire emblem three houses uh, okay <laughs> and I know, I know that type of combat and that type of game is not for everybody. Mm-hmm. But I started with Fire Emblem Awakening and have played every Fire Emblem since then. I've gone back and played the other ones, mm-hmm. and it's it really is one of the best Fire Emblems that that we have. They toned down on the. I'm trying to think of the word for it right now. I guess the f- um, the fanfare of the game, you know, it used to always be about finding your perfect girl and all you'd ever do is woo that girl because I'm, and I know you haven't played the other games, nope. but the Fate series that came out on the DS, mm-hmm. you would at, after every mission have a chance to bring, you know, your favorite girl up to your room and mm-hmm. you would do these stupid things now that i think about it but the ds had a microphone and it would ask you to blow gently into the microphone and i get that it's cringy now and i uh i didn't think it was cringy then because i was so into fire emblem but i get i I get that the fanfare sometimes what keeps people away from the fire emblem series right 
they definitely toned it down a lot more with this game, and I just thought the Hogwarts-type uh, storyline with having three different houses mm-hmm. with three very varying storylines is what makes this game as good as it is. And I know looking at my hours playing that game, it's up there with Super Smash Bros. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ultimate and with Legend of Zelda. And I, I'm i only on my second storyline, and I'm going to play through all three. Mm-hmm. I am going to go over 100 hours with that game, <laughs> without a doubt. Right. I mean, I put a solid three hours into it, to Fire Emblem. I just, I, I, man, it was probably a good week where, like, every night I was like, I don't want to play this, but I'm going to give it another shot. And it's just, I can comfortably say it is not for me. It's a good game, I can see that, but it's just not my style of game, so more power to you (laughs) (laughs) but i think it has to do with a lot of the fact that i like you know age of empires 2 and those type of strategy type games you know being the war general the Mm -hmm. war commander and controlling all of the units Mm -hmm. the the whole permadeath thing really doesn't matter to me as much i know a lot of people play fire emblem because it's one of the things that's unique to that type of game series losing a unit forever and potentially missing out on story for uh for especially the older ones not so much the new ones mm-hmm. but i think for from my point of view fire emblem deserves a part on like a lot of people's lists mm-hmm. and i understand that you don't have it in your top 10 right. but may if you if you got more into the game and i know that this game these games are long mm-hmm. and there's a lot of tedious stuff you have to do with it but it takes certain people to enjoy it i think and i did yeah, yeah. and there's a lot of people who like it so I'm definitely not going to knock it. I just know it's not something that I'm going to be willing to put that much time into. Mm-hmm. It's just not for me, and that's fine. Um, number two for me, I'm probably going to get heat for this one, and that's okay. Um, that's ironic I said that. Need for Speed Heat, um, which is crazy that it's this high, because nobody likes this game, apparently, from when I was kind of looking around. But for me, Need for Speed Underground... And like Underground 2, Most Wanted, those are the only type of racing games I would ever play because as cheesy as it is, I want to put body kits on my car, I want to put neon on my car, I want to put the sound system in there, and it doesn't do anything in the game, but I want it, right? I want to take, I don't want like the Lamborghinis and the Porsches that you can't modify, I want like the everyday cars, and that's what they went back to finally after how many years of people complaining saying that's what they wanted the story is whatever it doesn't matter it's a need for speed game nobody cares um but it was just the fact that like they literally just put you in a city like need for speed underground 2 did and it's just like go race go modify your cars go put body kits on it go pick your rims um the the ability to which i think they've done before but the ability to download what other people have made as far as decal wise is cool to me because i was never good at making my car look cool with like paint jobs and that kind of stuff so being able to just download it and be like this one looks cool i'm going to use that but it was i think it's it's probably more of just a nostalgia thing for me at this point where i'm just like man this reminds me of ps2 playing need for speed and how much i enjoyed it and how many hours and weekends i wasted playing need for speed so i know in the general consensus on the game is it's not good but for me it was definitely top two um would have been probably top one if not for another game but yeah it's it's great and i know you didn't play it um but you were too busy playing forza 
So that's yeah. I was I was gonna mention <laughs> that like I don't have a problem with any of the Need for Speed games. Mm-hmm. I think I I know Need for Speed. The only one that I've ever really played was. It was an early PS3 game. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if it was Need for Speed Carbon or not, and it Carbon, had yeah. it had super cheesy storyline. Mm-hmm. But it was good. And, and yeah. yeah, like mm-hmm. that that game has a lot of those types of aspects. And since they went away from that for such a long time after that game, I didn't have as much fun. Right. And I think that's why. And when I played Need for Speed Carbon, my favorite car was the Lotus. You know, mm-hmm. I really like the luxury cars because it's something that, you know, is different from everything else. Right. And I loved Forza, and maybe at one point with Need for Speed, when it's not $60, I'll give it a shot. Right. But <laughs> uh, I think the artistic style, I think, is a lot of fun. You know, mm-hmm. the Miami Vice City type thing. I've always liked that art style, and I think that I would like the game. But for me... I have my racing game right now, yeah. and it's for and it's still Forza Horizon. I still play that game pretty, pretty often every month or weekly. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, it was just a matter of I didn't feel when looking at Need for Speed that that would fill that void, and I would just continue using. Right, and for Forza, like I played Forza a lot when it came out, um, but again, it was just a matter of there wasn't enough customization for me in that game because you can do a little bit, but it's not to the extent that I wanted it to be. And like every year when a Need for Speed game would come out, every year I'd play it and be like, maybe this is the one. And every year it's, no, this is definitely not the one. This one's terrible. Um, And then I think finally they hit what I wanted them to hit. My only worry is that not all, I don't know if a lot of people, I don't know if it sold well, but I'm worried that like the negative reaction, they're going to be like, well, that didn't work. And then they're going to go to something else, which is not what I want them to do. But again, I'm probably in the minority people it seems like in general people just don't want that type of game anymore and maybe it's because i'm old and i just want the older style but it's fine it's for what it is i had a good time with it i probably put a good 20 25 hours into it and that was well worth the i think i paid 40 dollars for it so it was worth it and i think one of the things to mention too is that I think for both of us, we tend to go to the street racing games yep. more than like the rally, mm-hmm. the rally type of games, because I'm I'm not a big fan of Forza Motorsport, mm-hmm. and I really haven't got back back into Gran Turismo, but I know those are more official type racing things, and I just I want to be able to go on the back roads, mm-hmm. drift, go as fast as I can, and free roam and that kind of thing. And my vivid memories from Need for Speed were always in Carbon getting chased by cops mm-hmm. and trying to outlast them as long as possible. Yep. yep, which they do again in this. You have like your day and nighttime. So the daytime, you're not going to get chased by cops. They're there. And like if you do something stupid, like run into them, they'll chase you. But for the most part in daytime, they leave you alone and you just go do your races. If you do nighttime, that's when you get chased by the cops and that kind of stuff. So they split it up. If you don't want to deal with the cops, you don't have to. There's only a handful of story missions that are in the nighttime, and there's only a handful in the daytime, right? So that, like, advance the story. But other than that, you can do the majority of the races either. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to do the cop chasing thing and you just want to go do your races, that's fine, which is what I ended up doing. I did most of it in the daytime. Yeah. Because it got to the point where it was so annoying trying to get away from the cops, and it got extremely hard to get away from the cops and i would get really frustrated that um you would build up like your heat level at nighttime and in order to cash it in to advance your level because you have levels like a basically like an rpg like one through i think a hundred 
um, if you didn't get to a garage, lose the cops and find a garage, you lose all your XP that you made for the night. Okay. So if I'm driving around for 20 minutes trying to get rid of the cops and then 20 minutes in they wrecked me, I just lost 20 XP. minutes of progress. It's just gone. So yeah. to me it was just, I didn't want that. But other than that, it was good. Okay. Definitely number two for me. Alright. So what do you got for number one? It's going to be interesting. Well, the number one is going to be probably my cop-out. It's going to be Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Okay. And I think the main reason for it was, as I mentioned before, I will, I really like the Dark Souls-type games, and these are from the creators of Dark Souls. This was one of the better story-written games that actually had a story and something planned out to it. I think the gameplay was pretty fair with it. I didn't have to... you. I tend to go for the Bloodborne type, which is my favorite Dark Souls type game, which Sekiro kind of expands on that. Because in Dark Souls series, you're more slower, you know, you're a knight in an armor, you have a sword and a shield and everything like that. With Bloodborne and Sekiro, you are more agile, you can run around, you dodge and that kind of thing, which I think for me was the better type of Souls game. I really like those ones. Mm -hmm. Beating the game, and I think the ending, that, that's the whole point of these games. You beat the game, you feel like you accomplished something different that I guess other people couldn't do. Because when this game first came out, a lot of people were complaining, oh man, this game's way too difficult, I can't play it. Right. And I know with PC people, they would go ahead and install mods that would allow you to slow down time occasionally. Mm -hmm. So you could hit the parry you wanted to. And very few games, and I could probably count this on one hand that at the end of that at the end of all that frustration with the final boss and finally getting to beat him mm -hmm. you know there's this joy of popping off you know you're you're going you know you're yelling at your screen yes you're running around you know you're at that point my significant other you know I was like I did it I beat him finally <laughs> I'm shaking here yeah. and I beat him and not a lot of games not a lot of games had done that and while this game was equally as infuriating as it was fun and i think that's where it strikes that balance for me right and i remember you being extremely irritated certain days that like you couldn't get past a certain person then like a day or two later i'd see you again and it would be like finally beat them and you'd be so excited about it i don't remember when you beat it if there was a time when like i feel like we were both talking in like a party chat on Xbox, but you were still playing it, maybe. I just remember one time you getting really excited when we were talking, and I think it was because you had finally beat something. But And for me, like I did play it, um, but I bounced off it super hard. I think I played like two hours. And I was like, nope, can't do it. It's too hard. And I guess that makes me a baby. But like those type of games, I'm just like, I don't, I don't want the frustration. So I'm just going to go play something else. And... I get enough frustration from Call of Duty and all the other games. I don't need 10 times more. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I do get finally beating something, how good that would have felt. Because if I... There, I don't remember what boss I got to, but there was a certain boss in that game that I was like, yeah, I'm never beating him. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't. So more power to you. It's definitely takes time and effort into figuring out. You can't just go in and just mash the buttons and expect to beat a boss in that game so yeah. it's definitely a tough game but it makes sense that it's number one on your list there's no persona for you to pick this year so 
Yeah, well, Persona 5 Royale Royal comes out at the end of March. It's going to be number one for this coming year. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know if I'd count that one either because it's, it's a remake, right. but it's so much of the same stuff. Right. I I wouldn't count that. So you won't see me next year Okay. putting so that on my... Want, Persona no. 5 next year, Persona Royale. Okay. Um, my number one is Control. And I know you didn't play it. Um, it's a lot of people's picks, I guess, mm-hmm. for yeah. Game of the Year. And I wasn't sure if it was going to. About the time that I was listening to other podcasts and their top tens of the year and that kind of stuff, I still hadn't beaten it because I had I bought it the day it came out. I buy every Remedy game the day it comes out just because they're one of my favorite developers. Obviously, Max Payne growing up was a big one for me. Um, all three. Uh, where was uh, I'm thinking of the one that had a tv show attached to it i'm a quantum break yeah everybody hated that game i enjoyed it they've done a lot of games alan wake is one of my favorite games of all time um so for me every time they release a game i'm there and i bought it when it came out i played it for about a week and then something else came out and i stopped playing it until january of this year so i wasn't sure if i was actually gonna still like it but once i dove back in and got completely back into this story which is ridiculous um it didn't take long for me to be like yeah this is this is more from them it's more of the same but it's as far as storytelling wise it's way better than they've ever done it's weird and they i don't think they've ever done something that isn't weird max Payne is probably the most sane but even that is weird <laughs> they have a lot of like angel nonsense going on uh the, you know the basic premise is literally it's a building uh government building that you go into that constantly changes so you may go into a room and it may look completely different you know it, it's changing on its own the story i i couldn't even begin to explain because it's so weird and out there and i don't even know if i completely understand all of it but it was good it was good enough for me to get get through it and be like man that was a fun ride and it's something that i'll definitely play again and it's something that I think everybody should play. It's not going to be for everybody, obviously. I think it's more accessible than their other games. Like, Quantum Break was... It was okay. I don't know if you played it. I, I didn't. Okay. I, I definitely didn't have an Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it gets a lot of heat because they did the... You play a level and then it gives you like a 15 or 20 minute episode that you have to watch. And you can skip it, but like it's part of the game. And at that time, a lot of people didn't like that idea. I thought it was cool. It was something different. They've always, every single game they've ever done, they've always thrown in the background on like TVs. Uh, even Max Payne, they've had like stuff playing in the background that was like their own made fake TV shows. And they're still doing that in control. So like it's always been their thing to just make weird TV shows. And that Quantum Break was them being like hey let's just actually make a tv show that ties into the game i thought it was cool most people didn't i think i still have it but uh man control is it's it's wild and i don't want to like you haven't played it so i don't want to spoil it obviously you've heard a bunch of stuff about it you heard about the ashtray maze and that yeah and i stuff. and i definitely am right i know i'm definitely gonna play it eventually right. i definitely think that game deserves the time because mm-hmm. i think Weird story stuff like that, I think, is something I'd get into, right. for sure. And I know it's been beaten to death, but it's one of the few games that throws so many collectibles at you to pick up and so many papers that you can read that are long, but I read every single one of them because 
they all tie back into the story. Some are funny. Some gives you some more info. And even though I read everything, I still don't understand a lot of it. And I guess that's probably how they want it to be. I know they have DLC coming, so I don't know if that's going to explain more. But, man, it was just... It was a good game. It was a wild ride. So it's definitely, it's number one. And I don't, as far as everything else that I have on the list, it, nothing else even comes close okay. for me. It's it's like way above everybody else. So it was definitely a good game. It, it almost, to me, reminded me of the first time that I played through like Bioshock. Because Bioshock is one of my favorite games. The first time I played that, I was like, man, that is like above and beyond any game I've ever played. So it's up there with Bioshock and all those other games. I felt a lot about that with Infinite. Yeah. I, I played all the Bioshocks, and I thought the story was okay, but Infinite's mm-hmm. ending was definitely something that... Wild. Yeah, yeah, that I just... <laughs> and that I know that game's old, but we're not gonna... I'm not gonna spoil it, because I think... Yeah. Aren't they remaking that? Or I know they're making another one, one they yeah. had said, but I think it's, it's a ways off. Yeah. Um, so, we'll see. But yeah, Bioshock will always be kind of... The first Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite are like my standard as far as what I expect out of a good story. Um, and then Control is up there now too. So those are like my three benchmarks. Yeah. That I could I'm gonna compare everything else off of. And like I think and what we're gonna and what I'm gonna say is we're both gonna I'm gonna go kind of off of it like mm-hmm. what we've got planned here. Sure. But if we were to pick three games that were best with playing with friends mm-hmm. and doing and creating memories. I definitely think for me, my top three is Apex because mm-hmm. I loved Titanfall so much and I had a lot of fun with that game. Right. I definitely think Modern Warfare deserves a mm-hmm. spot on there because, you know, it's a game that almost everyone's friends end up playing. Right. And while even if people suck at first person shooters, which you know, I consider myself not suck, but I'm 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 a little bit above average. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that game is fun enough to where you know your friends are making stupid mistakes, you can make fun of them and stuff like that. That's where a lot of those memories come from for me for Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. And I don't even have it on my list, but you know, you you mentioning Borderlands Three, really, you know, I forgot about that game because right. as you mentioned, once we once we finished it, I dropped off yep. to play yep. something else. Yep. But I definitely think like I have a bunch of friends who are trying to get through Borderlands three, but they all always play together. Okay. There is never a time where one of them is going out of the story or going further than the other one is mm-hmm. and i think that has a lot to say with how a lot of people play that game yeah because we didn't do that either we all stayed around the same level you know there was a couple times where we may have gotten a little bit ahead of each other but like we never got too far ahead i would also think that at least for you um borderlands i'm trying to think of other games i mean i guess like a smash brothers for you would be another one yeah but it, that, that was technically 2018 2018 not this year so I guess that I can't really think of any others multiplayer wise or co op wise that I had a lot of fun with this year, which besides those three. There's a lot of single player games this year, but co op yeah. was kinda the three major ones for us were those. So Alright. It's not a good list. It's yeah. a good list. Yeah. <laughs> so this part of the podcast is gonna be us talking about movies here. We aren't professional movie critics or anything like that. We are pretty much just basing these movies off of what we both went to see, not together. We we saw stuff individually and just had fun seeing just in general. So did you did you make enough for a top ten? Like I do have a top ten for sure. I think when I first started I think I had like eighteen. 
Okay. So I had a lot, but I had to cut it down. See, my my thing was is I had to get to ten, <laughs> for sure. But I do have a top ten for sure. I think when I first started, I think I had like eighteen. Okay. So I had a lot, but I had to cut it down. See, my my thing was is I had to get to ten, <laughs> for sure. But I, look, I think I watch I watch a ton of movies though. Yeah. I really do. Like I try to watch. Almost everything that comes out. If I don't finish it, that's fine, but I like to at least start almost every movie that comes out. Mm-hmm. Major movies. So, we'll both start at both start at 10 and we'll go yep. up from there. Sure. So, for me, we saw this one together, Hobbs and Shaw. Okay. Which... You have it at 10. Yeah. Okay. For you? Uh, I have it at 6. Okay. So, <laughs> Hobbs and Shaw, for me, was just something that was just stupid, explosions mm-hmm. and action fun. Right. Which is... Which, for that type of movie, is something I enjoy. Right. I think it's higher on my list for me because of the movie experience, right? There was a couple of us that went and just going into it, realizing and knowing that it's a Fast and Furious movie at its core. So it's going to be ridiculous and stupid. The story is going to be dumb, but it doesn't matter, right? Like, it's The Rock. It's Jason Statham. Like, they're going to have action scenes, and that's all i wanted so i don't it's not an oscar movie um by any means there's no leading actors that are going to get nominated from it but i had a blast right i had a blast in the movie theater i watched it again when it came out on on blu-ray just to make sure that it wasn't just like seeing it in the theater made me think it was better than it was i still think it's a good movie it's entertaining it's fun I know a lot of people don't like it, but I think you just have to look at it as it's an action movie. Like, you can't expect the world from it. It's, it, it knows what it is, and it's not pretending to be something it's not. So Yeah, and I think that movie for me also gets an extra point for having a McLaren Senna on there. So I, <laughs> you are all about that car when uh, you saw uh, it on there. <laughs> oh, I am. It's, I, I have it in Forza to get to see yep. it like in the game, because I've never yep. seen that car in real life. And even when I visited Florida... They don't have a McLaren Senna at that at, at a dealership, so getting to see that car in a movie that's not in a video game, right, was pretty was pretty cool. And also, like on top of that, I know these, uh, you know, Hobbs and Shaw have nothing to do with the Fast and Furious movie coming out this year. But uh, did you watch that trailer for the new Fast and Furious movie? I did not know. Okay, so they're you know the main villain at the end of Hobbs and Shaw and obviously this is a spoiler if you haven't seen the movie, but it's been out for a while. But yeah. you get like when they. Uh, when they defeat Idris Elba right mm-hmm. at the end, and then you got that mysterious voice that's talking to them. Um, it was kind of a given, but they do confirm it in the trailer that is John Cena, right? So John oh. Cena is is the main villain in the new movie, right? And then also in the trailer, whether or not it's a good thing, they do point they do tell you that it's Vin Diesel's brother. Okay. So John Cena is Vin Diesel's brother, which they look nothing alike, but whatever. We're gonna go with it because it's Fast and Furious. Um, that trailer when it came out right there's a lot going on in that trailer there's a point where they drive off a cliff john cena drives off a cliff and a plane's coming over and he's got some sort of magnetic thing that allows him to attach to the plane and fly off like that's where we're at right we've done tanks on roads in fast and furious we've done submarines we've done the rock pulling down a helicopter with his bare hands and hobbs and shaw like at this point nothing surprises me anymore but that trailer you know, I watched it with uh, my wife when it came out that day, and we had such different reactions. Like it ended, and I went, 
I'm seeing it the first day it comes out and her reaction was that is the dumbest thing I've ever seen but again that's what I want so like Hobbs and Shaw Fast and Furious doesn't matter I will be there day one because it's so stupid and it's <laughs> it's perfect right it's the perfect stupid movie yeah <laughs> so you have to watch the trailer it's, okay, it's I might, yeah I might have to I'm, I'm grinning ear to ear over here that's and you're probably going to sit there and go that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen but it's okay <laughs> it's alright <laughs> uh, so my number 10 uh, was Shazam. Okay, yeah, like, I, I definitely see that movie. I liked it. Like, yeah. I know our movie lists are going to be completely <laughs> off the be, wall. They're going to be everywhere. So I had to go back, because some of these movies that are on my list, it's been a long time since I've seen them, and I haven't watched them since I saw them in the theater. So I had to go back and kind of think about which ones I walked out of the theater going, like, man, that was a really good movie. And Shazam, for me, was definitely one of those, where... I didn't have a whole lot of uh, expectation, I guess, going into that movie. I thought it looked cool, but the story was good. It was entertaining. It's, you know, one of the few DC movies that was decent. Mm -hmm. Um, There's been a lot of ones that I didn't like. Like, I don't have a problem with the Justice League movie. It was okay, Um, but I don't like the Superman movies that much. Um, But this was definitely an entertaining movie. Um, You don't have it on your list, though. No, no, like, like for, me, for me, Shazam, I did enjoy that movie and I didn't mm-hmm. see it. And I uh, and I consider myself a fan of DC, not mm-hmm. more so than Marvel. Right. But I'm a big fan of The Flash. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just because he's one superhero that I share the same name with. <laughs> right. And who the hell names another character? Barry. Right. So. Right. Um, <laughs> that's why, and that, that probably deserves a spot on my list. But I guess because it was so far back for me, I just don't ago. remember. I don't remember it as well. That was like at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I think that was closer to March. Yeah. Yep. So what do you got for number nine? Number nine for me is Parasite, and I okay. know, th- and I know it won a whole bunch of awards mm-hmm. and everything like that, but with my movie list and what you'll figure out is I really don't have a taste in movies. Right. Like first off, I'm not a huge fan of horror. Okay. Um, like I like horror games, mm-hmm. uh, but I just feel like horror movies miss the whole point where you know you're that character, you're the person being there. So I think that's why I enjoy. Um, I, I enjoyed. I didn't enjoy Parasite as much as everybody else. I do definitely feel like the turns and twists with that story, mm-hmm. and what it had to say, were meaningful to like, especially what's going on all over the world with class, mm-hmm. with classifications and everything like that. But I just I enjoyed Parasite. I enjoyed all the twists and turns, and it was some stuff that I really didn't expect. Right. right. I liked it a lot. I didn't put it on my list, and I did just watch it like a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a very good movie. Definitely top. It was in my 15 that I had written down. I just didn't have it in my top 10. Um, and that could change, right? It's It could be something I look back on and be like, no, that was actually a really good movie. And it's definitely not me saying it's a terrible movie by any means. I thought it was great. So it's just a solid one to put up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number nine is Ready or Not, which again is a horror movie, so I'm assuming you didn't watch it. Um, did you hear anything about it? Ready or Not? Yep. Uh, I don't think that's okay. one. I don't think I've heard a lot okay. about that one. So basic premise, you've probably seen the cover. Um, uh, guy and girl get married, and then on the, on the wedding night, his family has a tradition of playing board games, right? So they're a family that made their fortune on board games. And 
So every time anybody in the family gets married, you pick a card that has a specific board game on it, and that's what you play. There's one card on there that says hide and seek. Um, if you get the hide and seek, it's not normal hide and seek. The, the bride has to hide and not get killed until sunrise, basically. And that's like the main premise when it starts is literally she pulls the card. It's happened, I think, once or twice before. So it doesn't happen very often. A lot of most of the time, it just ends up being they play Monopoly or whatever, and everything's fine. But if you pull that card, then everybody knows that they have to find the the bride and they have to kill her. Um, they don't really say up front why. They do explain it later. It's basically I don't know if you want it spoiled or not, or if anybody cares if it's spoiled or not. But I'm I'm gonna have to basically. So they made some sort of deal with the devil that allowed them to become this insanely wealthy family off of board games and the only catch was if you pull this card you have to kill them if you don't kill the bride by the sunrise they don't know what's going to happen but they know it's not going to be good so basically the whole movie is her trying to stay alive um, her husband helps her because uh, he doesn't want her to die obviously there's another person in the family that helps her as well but you know obviously at the end of the movie they do not kill her so everybody's kind of standing around like we didn't do it what's going to happen and you know the big climax of the movie is they all literally self-implode which is hilarious like it's literally just self-implode everywhere saying out loud the premise sounds dumb as hell like me talking about it but it was a great movie i thought it was great okay um, so i know you're not a horror person but it was enjoyable. It's more of like a, it was a comedy horror. Yeah, but to say yep. that that premise just sounds whack. I was about yeah. to ask why why did they have to kill the bride right. when they pulled right. this card? It was a, it was a pact with the devil. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely a horror comedy for sure. Okay. Uh, for my number eight, mm -hmm. uh, I went with The Irishman. Okay. Um, I watched it on Netflix. It took me it took me two sittings to watch it because that is me a too. long movie. Yeah, it's a long movie. Um, but it just brought me back to I don't have much to say about it, but it brought me back to the Godfather mm -hmm. type things. Uh, and I the movie was entertaining. That's really all I got to say about it. Yeah, I it was also in my in my initial list. Um, I cut it so I didn't put it in my top ten. I also took me two sittings. I think it's like three and a half hours. Mm -hmm. It's up there. It does remind me of the older style, you know, Martin Scorsese films. Um, but it was entertaining. There was never a point where I thought it was boring. Mm -hmm. It was just a lot to sit through in one sitting. So I think that's probably why I didn't put it in the top ten, because it may be a little too long, but it's good. So nothing bad to say about it. That's a pretty, pretty good one to put on the list. Uh, my number eight was another horror movie uh it chapter two um i don't know if you watch either one of those but the first one i thought was fantastic uh, i had never read the book so i saw the movie in theaters not really knowing the story other than the older it uh, that i watched probably when i was too young as a kid from like i don't know if that's the 80s or the 90s or whatever so i did end up reading the book after i saw the first it movie so i was super excited for this one uh, this is basically closing that chapter, uh, but it's a good movie. It's it's everything I wanted. They kept the majority of the stuff from the book in, which is good. And again, I don't have a whole lot to say. If you know people are interested in the horror movies, they probably watched it last year because that was probably the biggest one that came out. And yeah, nothing bad to say. It was great. Uh, 
it's more about it's always been about the kids and not so much pennywise the clown or you know it itself but it was a good wrap-up so it's a solid number eight for me yeah, I think definitely a lot. Like you said, you hadn't read the book, but no. you watched it after the movie, or you. Yeah, I watched. I hadn't read the book at all. I went and saw the first it, and that was a year or two ago. I think mm-hmm. that came out, and then after that, I read the book because the book is massive. It's okay. like I don't even know. It's it's twelve hundred pages, something like that. It's big, uh, but yeah, I was after I had read the book and read everything else because you know they the book is starts with them when they're old. Okay. instead of starting them with when they're kids which i didn't know until i read the book so i was super pumped and it didn't let me down i would say i think it takes a lot for a movie to make somebody read a book right, and especially right. now that i know that it's that big of a book it's i definitely huge. think that it takes yeah I, I have to i have to give it merits to that yeah it's, i've i didn't that's a big book to read and i don't <laughs> yeah. read yeah you know, i don't i don't read very often it has ignited uh, interest in me to watch a lot of Stephen King movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's The Outsider, which is on HBO, which is a series from Stephen King that I just started watching a couple days ago. And like, there's a lot of movies that they've done off Stephen King books that I never watched that I'll probably end up watching now. Mm-hmm. So it's, he's definitely a good writer. Uh, here, I'll let you go ahead and do yours. Seven? Yeah, seven. Okay, so seven for me is going to be Jojo Rabbit. Okay, I didn't see that one, but okay. I know I heard a lot about that, and I know that Taika Waititi did, yeah. win, did win an Oscar. Right, I mean, he got to be Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it's the movie that, like, talking to people at work, and, it, you know, when they would see it and be like, oh, what's this movie about? I'm like, oh, it's about Hitler. And, like, that sounds terrible to say, you know, it's a movie about Hitler, but it's done so well. Obviously, you know, his style of directing, it's a comedy. But there's also a lot going on. It starts off as a comedy, but as you get farther in and you start realizing he's not just going for laughs, there's very serious stuff in there about, um, you know, the whole premise is it's a small boy who lives in Germany who's obsessed with Hitler. Um, he's so obsessed with Hitler that his imaginary friend is Hitler, which is also Taiki. So, like, oh, okay. he shows up and, like, tells him what to do, and he's, you know, it's Hitler, but it's his imaginary friend. And then you know the little boy finds out later on that his mom is hiding a a little jewish girl in her walls and that kind of causes you know big problems because he's been told that they're you know the devil and they have horns and they'll they'll eat you and that kind of stuff so you know obviously you can kind of guess where it goes from there as far as his views changing a little bit but i would just say that without spoiling a whole lot the ending is is just like heartbreaking um so it was a great movie and he did a fantastic job directing and also being hitler but portraying him in a way that is in no way good right it's him being he makes him look like an idiot pretty much which is fine i guess but um it's entertaining so it's definitely a must watch for sure yeah it's not what you expect when you go into it I think uh, like I, I definitely think for that type of movie, like I, I was gonna watch it for the comedy aspect yeah. of it, mm-hmm. and there's a lot, there's yeah. a lot of comedy in it. So, mm-hmm. uh, my number seven for me was another Netflix original. It's Marriage Story. Okay, uh, I watched it because I'm a big fan of Donald. Uh, at, sorry, it's Adam Driver. Adam, I think. yeah, yeah, Adam Driver uh, and Scarlett Johansson in Marriage Story. I know it's more of a chick flick, mm-hmm. but uh, I def- I just enjoyed watching that. <laughs> I have it on my list. I didn't watch it. Okay. So. Yeah. What was What was nice about Marriage Story is it's just you know 
about two people, you know, going through a divorce, and it's not it's not any by any means an easy one, mm-hmm. and it takes the position of both sides of it because a lot of the times, like we hear about divorce, it's all about like I hear a lot of the woman's side of it, but maybe that's because as a man, right, that's what we that's what we tend to hear about. Mm-hmm. But in Marriage Story, you got to see both sides and both. Both of those actors, Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver, put on such a good performance that I, uh, like, that movie really drawn me in. And, like, we even saw, you know, GIFs and memes of it, of course, of, and I'm not sure if you've seen, like, the scene where Scarlett Johansson and Adam are fighting. Yes, I did see that scene because yeah. I think they played it during the Oscars or one exactly. of the award shows. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, like, that is while it takes a while to get there in that movie mm. that's what makes that scene hit so hard right with a lot of it and i've never had to deal with you know marriage or divorce or anything mm-hmm. like that i'm still young with that <laughs> so like that's what getting to see that part of it was just it, it was it's saying a lot for me because it's not something that's a lot of action or anything like that mm. but it was a movie that after watching it, I just went, wow, that was, that, that was brilliant. Right. I think for me, I've had it on, you know, my list in Netflix since it came out, but I feel like I had to be in the right mindset to watch that movie. And I just haven't felt like I'm there yet to be like, do I really want to watch this movie that I'm assuming is going to be super depressing mm-hmm. <laughs> and just show all the worst sides of marriage basically. So it's definitely something I want to watch, but when I'm in the right mood, yeah, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, my number six, we're on six, right? You said your number seven was... Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, so we're on number six. So my number six was Hobbs and Shaw, so we can go yeah. back to you for your number six. Uh, for number six, it was Frozen 2. <laughs> uh, I recently just watched that movie, and I have as we get higher on my list, it's going to be a lot more action-oriented. Mm-hmm. But Frozen 2 for me, and I just recently watched it, as I just told you, it was mm-hmm. just something, again, that was fun. Okay. Um, I like animated movies. I watch a lot of anime and cartoon-type movies, and that movie was that movie was fun. There were a lot of really good songs, like um, Into the Unknown. Mm-hmm. While that's everybody's favorite song, for me, it was uh, when Kristoff and Sven were singing Lost in the Woods. Yeah, that's my favorite. Because yep. it has all those 80s and 70s power ballads callback. Yep. And that's why I enjoyed that. Uh, I enjoyed that scene so much that it helped <laughs> get me, you know, through a lot of uh, a lot of that movie. Yeah. And but they all they all act really well. They all bounce on top of each other very well. Mm-hmm. And I feel like. I don't think they can do anything else with this. You just no. stop at Frozen yeah. 2. Yep. I'm hoping that they don't, like, Disney doesn't decide to go try to grab more money and make <laughs> Frozen Fro- Frozen 3. Right. I just don't think you could. I don't think you can. You've tied up that story so neatly, and a lot of those animated movies that Disney makes are a one-off type thing. You have the solution, you're done. Mm-hmm. With Frozen, I understand for a second one, and they tied that up nicely. Right. Frozen for me was, I don't have it on my list. I did enjoy it. Frozen for me after the first one, and then when I heard they're making a second one, my initial thought was, we don't need a second one. The first one was fine on its own. The story was done as far as I was concerned. And, you know, we go to see the second one because, you know, I have a kid, so obviously she wants to see it. But even walking out of that, I was like, they did a good job. I didn't think we needed another one, but 
what they came up with for a story-wise works. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I could also see them making a third one, and it could be the same thing. Or I'm like, well, we definitely don't need a third one. But then when a third one comes out, you'd be like, oh, well, you know, they did a good job. They have a good track record the past how many years now where they don't think they've really made any bad movies Disney-wise. Pixar and Disney have just been pretty much killing it for, what, 10 years now. So I don't really, anytime I see Pixar or Disney, I just assume it's going to be good, and 99% of the time it is. Yeah, I think for the most part, my fear with sequels in Disney is that, you know, I've seen Aladdin, and then Aladdin, King of Thieves, that other one with his father. Right. And then there's also Tarzan, and Tarzan 2. Like, that's mm -hmm. when I was growing up, and the originals stick with me so much better, right. because those stories wrap up a lot more nicer, mm -hmm. and there is no reason to make a second one. Right. Which I guess was my fear with Frozen 2 is, okay, you've made a second one now. Remember all the other second movies you've made yep. in the 90s? So yep. it was nice to see them do that. And I just, I hope they don't make a third. It was a very good movie. I would It was also in my top 15 before I cut it. Uh, number five for me was also a Disney movie. I went with Toy Story 4. And do you have it on your list? I do not, but okay. I do plan on seeing it okay. thanks to Disney+. Plus. You're right. So Toy Story 4... I think that was also kind of the same thing where Toy Story 3 ended so well. You know, they all the toys went to Bonnie and, and that was a good wrap-up. And I would have been fine with that being the end of the series. So it was the same thing as Frozen when they announced Toy Story 4. Same thing. I don't think we need it. Um, even when the first trailer came out, I remember watching that and going, man, this, this doesn't look good. I'm not like... It, Whatever was that, I, I barely remember that trailer. I just remember watching that trailer and going, this looks bad. Why are we doing this? Like, why are you ruining Toy Story? Why are you ruining my childhood? Um, but man, it's it's good. You get, you know, they wrap up Bo Peep story. Um, the ending is not at all what I expected, which, you know, it's, you can say it's a happy ending. It's not a happy ending. That's up for debate. But it's definitely not where I expected them to go with it. And again, I think this that was them being like, we're done. So we're going to end it not what you expected or probably want, but it works. Yeah. So again, I don't want to spoil it because you haven't seen it. Well, but... I, the, more, the movie has been spoiled to me. I okay. do know the ending. Okay. Because it was, I watched Wisecrack on YouTube mm -hmm. and they dive into that sort of thing. Right, it's... Not but, what I expected. Yeah, I like the Toy Story movies, and I yeah. plan on watching that when I have when I have time. Okay. Uh, now for me, mm -hmm. I'm and I'm trying to remember was Spider Man into the Spider Verse was that released in 2018 or was it this year? I think it was 2018. Okay, so then what I put in here is fine. Okay. I put the newer Spider Man movie, um, Away from Home or something. Far like from that. home. Far from home. Did yeah. You put you put it at five. I did. Okay, I have it at four. Okay. So we're close. For me, just with Spider-Man, it was just a return to re return to the greatness that Spider-Man, mm -hmm. like, that a lot of people really wanted. And I had no problems with the Sam Raimi trilogy. No. But I also was very young when that stuff came out, so everybody really hates Spider-Man 3. Yep. And it was just a fun movie for me. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely think Spider-Man being added into, like, the Marvel Universe has added a lot more growth to Tom Holland's character specifically. Mm -hmm. Because... He, you know, he has all these characters that, you know, he can take the growth off of. Mm -hmm. um, 
yeah, just with yeah, just with Spider Man Far From Home, it was it was really good and it was I I enjoyed it a lot more and that sound design with Mysterio when mm-hmm. I watched that in the movie theater, that's when I knew like yeah this is this is next level right. That was also another issue of when that trailer came out for that movie. I had a big problem with you know they were portraying Mysterio as a good guy, mm-hmm. right? As almost kind of like the next Iron Spoiler, Man. Spoiler: He's bad. Right. <laughs> but that trailer, and I was like, you can't. You can't make him a good guy. He's a villain. And just going into that movie being like, why would they do that? And obviously they don't. But I, I enjoyed that twist because I was I was heated about it. I'm like, man, he's always been a villain. You can't make him part of the Avengers, which is kind of how they were angling that first half of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, Spider-Man is, they want him to be the next Iron Man and take tony's spot and he didn't want to be and then you got mysterio here it's like oh he can take his spot and i did not like that at all so that twist it you know halfway through or wherever it was where you know he was just all it was all a you know a, an act to yeah. get what he wanted was perfect in my opinion so and spider-man has always been one of my favorite favorite uh superheroes so it was cool it's cool to see good movies under spider-man not the the sam raimi ones are bad but i'm i'm of the group that does not like spider-man 3 at all okay um that dance number is god awful uh (laughs) the emo phase is terrible uh, i can't and they also just destroyed venom so whatever but they did that again recently with the venom movie which i did not like either but yeah it's a good movie um obviously i have that at number four so you can do your number four just go ahead yeah i did once upon a time in hollywood okay do you have that on your list? I don't list have it on my list. So that movie, I have it particularly at four, but I think it's because there's there are so many tropes that that movie puts on, like Leonardo DiCaprio, like when he's acting in the in the West Spider Man, mm-hmm. like that a lot of people really wanted, and I had no problems with the Sam Raimi trilogy. No, but I also was very young when that stuff came out, so everybody really hates Spider-Man 3, yep. and it was just a fun movie for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think Spider-Man being added into like the Marvel Universe has added a lot more growth to Tom Holland's character specifically, mm-hmm. because he, you know, he has all these characters that you know, he can take the growth off of. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just with yeah, just with Spider Man Far From Home, it was it was really good and it was I I enjoyed it a lot more and that sound design with Mysterio when mm-hmm. I watched that in the movie theater, that's when I knew like, yeah, this is this is next level. Right. That was also another issue of when that trailer came out for that movie. I had a big problem with, you know, they were portraying Mysterio as a good guy. Mm-hmm. Right? As almost kinda like the next Iron Spoiler, Man. Spoiler, he's bad. Right. <laughs> but that trailer and I was like, you can't you can't make him a good guy. He's a villain. And just going into that movie being like, why would they do that? And obviously they don't. But I, I enjoyed that twist because I was I was heated about it. I'm like, man, he's always been a villain. You can't make him part of the Avengers, which is kind of how they were angling that first half of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, Spider-Man, is they want him to be the next Iron Man and take tony's spot and he didn't want to be and then you got mysterio here it's like oh he can take his spot and i did not like that at all so that twist it you know halfway through or wherever it was where you know he was just all it was all a you know a an act to get what he wanted was perfect in my opinion so and spider-man has always been one of my favorite 
favorite uh, superheroes. So it was cool. It's cool to see good movies under Spider-Man. Not the, the Sam Raimi ones are bad, but I'm I'm of the group that does not like Spider-Man three at all. Okay. Um, that dance number is god awful. Uh, <laughs> the emo phase is terrible. Was, uh, I can't. And they also just destroyed Venom. So whatever. But they did that again recently with the Venom movie, which I did not like either. But yeah, it's a good movie. Um, I did Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. Do you have that on your I list? I don't have though? it on my list. So that movie, I have it particularly at four, but I think it's because there is there are so many tropes that that movie puts on like Leonardo DiCaprio like when he's acting in the in the western movie mm-hmm. they put it in a way it feels like I'm forgetting I forget I'm watching you know something else it feels like I'm watching a western yep. um Brad Pitt's performance was was awesome as well and he definitely deserved an Oscar for that mm-hmm. and the ending what was is what made me just like go over the moon for that movie just because it's all of this all of these tropes that are continuing to be broken or kind of misleading me. Mm-hmm. And take, for example, when Brad Pitt's character goes into the old, where they used to film that old Western, mm-hmm. and he goes into the owner's house, and I'm thinking, oh, he's dead. He's mm-hmm. dead, he's dead. Oh, wait, he's awake, but he's blind. And he's, and you know, the, the girl there is putting out for him, and that's why they can all stay there, mm-hmm. which was something I didn't expect. And the ending for Once Upon a Time for me was just that was so climactic that like I was just smiling because it's um it you don't expect that out of that movie because right. it doesn't ever lead you to expect it. But then when it happens, you're just like this. This is just fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love Quentin movies. I always have. Um, Reservoir Dogs is one of my favorite. Is one of my favorite. Pulp Fiction's pretty good. Um, and I didn't have it in my top even my top 15 because for me like i really enjoyed the movie but as far as quentin movies go it's probably lower on the list for me just because for whatever reason i just wasn't as into it but it's still a insanely well-made movie and you know he's he's the master of dialogue he always has been so like if you don't want to watch a movie where people talk for hours and hours on end then quentin movies aren't for you right where he'll have like a 15 minute scene of just people talking and that's not for everybody but it was a good movie it just for me it didn't hit as well as it did for others yeah uh number three for me then would be joker okay i did not see joker considering that i do like dc i will eventually watch that that movie came out at a time for me when i probably didn't want to watch it (laughs) right it probably wasn't the best idea so uh that's why i don't have it on there i just haven't seen it but um i do definitely think that with with joaquin phoenix winning you know Mm -hmm. um best actor you know of the year award for there i it's it's definitely on my list to still catch up on okay okay see i think for me, watching that movie, uh, I watched it, the first time I watched it by myself, and then I had my wife watch it with me as well, and I don't think she liked it as much as I did, but you can't, it works better for me if you don't watch it as a DC movie. Okay. It's, it, I mean, he's obviously the Joker, it's obviously the origin of how he became the Joker, but it's almost just like, it's a movie about a serial killer. Yeah. Um, and they're obviously pushing that angle very hard with him that he's deranged. Um, but he, you know, 
I think it worked better because I didn't look at it that way. Yeah, we'll go ahead and do my three. Um, For me, number three was John Wick 3. I have it at number two. Okay, John Wick 3 for me is, uh, it's just a lot, like Hobbs and Shaw, it's a lot of fun. What I like about John Wick 3 especially is it's one of the few movies when there's action, it's not cutting 300 different places. (laughs) Right. Because that is some of the most jarring action and like my favorite franchise of film, like the James Bonds is Mm -hmm. one of my favorites. It, it has that issue where in fight scenes, it's just cut, 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 cut to all these different angles. You really don't know what's going on. Right. John Wick 3 is different in that aspect. And I love the lore of John Wick. Um, it definitely builds up in 3. And I like at the end of John Wick 3, I just went, I want more. Let's, yep. let's, keep, let's go to John Wick 4. Give me three more John Wick movies and I will be happy. <laughs> that's a movie, that's a franchise that I think they could probably milk and I would be okay with until it gets like real bad. But I just don't, I don't see them stopping anytime soon either. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if Keanu is willing to do it, which it seems like he's having a good time, he's enjoying himself filming those, I could see them doing three more. And everybody's still being there. You know, I'll still be there opening day. The, the story is enough, right? <laughs> like, I just watched it again the other day, and thinking back to the first one and how just how basic that movie is it's literally they killed his dog yeah and we've gone from they killed his dog he's gonna kill you to like this huge like intricate story now with everything with uh you know the whatever the agency is i'm blanking on the agency or whatever he works for but like it's so wild to me to think how far they've gotten away from it was literally about a dog yeah and now look where we're at Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's pretty cool all right, you said you have it at your number I two. I have it at two, so you can do your number two. Well, what was your three? Three was Joker. Okay, three was Joker. Yep. All right. My number two is Avengers Endgame. Oh, and, my number one. Okay. <laughs> so Avengers Endgame for me, mm-hmm. then, uh, like, it was the it was the ultimate story of this mm-hmm. Avengers series, and they did it in such a great way, and it has the action where it's not all cutting up, mm-hmm. but the movie experience that I got, which I went to, you know, a big D theater, mm-hmm. And everyone, I didn't have a single person, like a baby crying or a young child yelling. And I never had this experience to where everybody's applauding or like saying, oh my God, all at once. Because nobody knows what to expect being this um, endgame film. And I just fell for that. Mm -hmm. I absolutely fell for it. And I'm I'm going full spoilers here. I don't care. It's been out long enough. Exactly. And enough people should have seen it already. Right. Who wants But but when Captain America wielded Mjolnir, I was on the verge of tears. And I wasn't even that into Avengers as it was. (laughs) But the crowd is getting into it. Like, mm-hmm. you see Mjolnir go up, and you're like, what is Thor doing? Mm-hmm. And it goes straight to Cap. And I'm getting goosebumps thinking about yep. this right now. Oh, wow. And that, just that scene, and the fight that he has with Thanos there, yep. that is was the full price of admission for an entire movie right there. Yep. I think, too, and I don't... I don't remember if I saw... I don't think it was opening night. It may have been, but if it wasn't opening night, it was the next night that I went. You saw it opening night. Okay. I you did. saw it opening yep. night. Yep. Uh, I have never, again, like there wasn't any babies crying or anything, but it was also late at night. So there shouldn't have been little kids in there, but I've never been to a movie where everybody was dead silent the entire movie, other than clapping and like the gasps and that kind of stuff. Like everybody was so focused in on that movie. It was wild. 
Like, you know, nobody was looking at their phone halfway through. It was everybody was there because they wanted to be there. They wanted to know what happened. And I don't know... I'm trying to think of, like, conclusions. Like, I saw all the Lord of the Rings in theaters, and that last movie wasn't like that. You know, the end of The Matrix. I'm trying to think of some other ones. Way back when, maybe episode three of Star Wars even wasn't like that. And that was a big deal back Mm -hmm. then. Uh, even the new Star Wars, when I saw it in theaters, wasn't like that. But it was just something about, I guess, because it's a 10-year thing and or more, that we've all been watching all these movies that everybody was just completely focused in. Um, you didn't even, like, I don't even remember hearing people, like, rustling around for popcorn. Because you're just so, like, I need to know what happens. And it was, like, three hours of everybody not flinching. Not moving other than yelling when he, you know, gets the hammer or... You know, the fake-outs where, oh, this is it. This is where Captain America dies. And then they fake you out and go a different way. Oh, man, this is where Spider-Man's going to die. And then he doesn't, you know what I mean? Um, and even, I think, the dead silence when, obviously, spoilers everywhere right now. Yeah. But, like, the dead silence when Iron Man goes, and then you hear everybody just, like, bawling their eyes out was the funniest thing in the world to me. I was like, this is, this is great. If... I think if the fact that this huge group of people I could hear like dead silence and then bawling, I probably would have cried. But to me, it was so funny yeah. hearing everybody like gasping for air because they were crying so hard was just hilarious. But man, that I almost didn't put it at one for me because I haven't watched it since it came out on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. So I watched it in the theater and I watched it once the day I bought it. I haven't watched it since then, and I think it's just been a matter of there's been so many Marvel movies for so many years that I just kind of wanted a break now. So I almost didn't put it at one because I it was almost like I was looking back at it like, eh, you know what I mean? Because I eh, it was okay, but when I think about it, I'm like, no, this was this was something that looking back years from now is gonna be like, man, I'm glad I went to see that movie in theaters because yeah. it was incredible. Yeah. So it's definitely, for me, number one. Now I'm interested what your number one is. <laughs> well, my number... So my number one is actually Knives Out. And you okay. know I'm a huge fan of All this right. film. Mm-hmm. And it has a lot to do with the same thing that Parasite did. Mm-hmm. Um, I like these types of movies. I like Murder on the Orient Express. I mm-hmm. like... Uh, what was the other one that we watched with... Um, Something with, like, Bad Night at the Casino, El El Royale, or something like that. And just, like, following the plot of Knives Out, I really liked, you know. I'm a big fan of Daniel Craig because he's James Bond, so I watched (laughs) that movie. Right. And Daniel Craig was great in that movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Ana de Armas, I think, is going to become one of my favorite actresses for sure because she she did such a good job. Mm Mm-hmm. And Chris Evans in the film, who I like Captain America, and him is not as Captain America, he still kills it, Mm -hmm. being in that position. Because the other two movies, I felt leaned in on those big stars being in there. Johnny Depp was in, you know, Murder Murder on the Orient Express. Willem Dafoe was in that one. In Bad Times at the El Royale, I think his name is John Hamm. Yep. Is in there. Um, Chris Hemsworth Hemsworth in there. So they lean on a lot of the big big actors at that point. Mm -hmm. And I get that Daniel Craig is huge and so is Chris Evans. Mm -hmm. And even the girl from 13 Reasons Why, I think her first name's Rachel, but I don't. Okay. (laughs) But I get that there's big actors in there, 
but they didn't, uh, like, I feel like they didn't try to play on that as much. Like, yeah. Chris Evans does have a big part in that movie. Mm-hmm. He gets a lot of screen time, but I feel like it was warranted for that one. His character demands attention. Yeah. And that's why they give it to him. Like, did you end up seeing that yeah. movie at yeah, all? Yeah, I yeah. watched it, yeah. It yeah. was very good. And... Just with just with the way I was able to follow it, and it these types of movies keep me engaged because I'm guessing on who the killer is, mm-hmm. and I won't spoil who the killer is. <laughs> right. But all those characters there, you know, have a reason mm-hmm. to um uh to kill to kill their father because of everything going on with that. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah, that's why I enjoyed the movie so much because I mean, the ki- movie is Clue. Yeah, it's Clue. I mean, they've done a Clue movie way back in the day, and. Um, that was what the eighties or the nineties, and they would send. I remember they sent different uh, endings to the movie Clue to different theaters. So depending on where you went, you would get a completely different ending. Oh, okay. But this is definitely another version of if you took Clue the board game and make a movie, it would be Knives Out, which yeah. is cool. That's not a bad thing at all. Yeah, and I know I I recently saw an article that like the people were talking about like making the director Ryan Johnson was looking at sequels mm-hmm. or, you know, looking at titles for the sequel. I don't really know if we need a sequel or anything like that. Yeah, I saw they had said that he wants to follow Daniel Craig's character. Like, just do him figuring out different things. That cool. that may make sense, yeah. Right. That might be a reason. Uh, might be a reason for it. Right. And, like, and while it's not on my top ten, I do want to talk about, like, Star Wars and the Rise of Skywalker. Yep. Yep. Uh, I don't have a lot to say on it. I enjoyed the film for the most part. Mm-hmm. I definitely feel like maybe now Disney knows not to have three different directors or to have the entire script written out before you start making three movies. Mm-hmm. I thought the movie was good. Bringing the Emperor back, though, is such a cop-out. <laughs> right. And I saw a meme the other day where if you switched the last movie's title and the first movie, so The Phantom Menace and The Rise of Skywalker, if you flip them around, Mm -hmm. those titles still actually work for both of the movies. They do, yeah. I think that movie, and honestly, I probably would have put it on my top ten, but I completely forgot about it, so maybe it doesn't need to be on my top ten. Yeah, I don't think it deserves it then. Um, But it was everything in that movie. I went and saw it, and when I left the theater... I didn't have any issues with it. The Emperor was kind of a cop-out, um, but there wasn't... I feel like they wrapped everything up pretty well. Um, there's some stuff in there that I really enjoyed. Uh, the The beginning, to me, was a drag. Like, the mm-hmm. first, like, half hour, I was like, well, what are we doing? It just kept, like, like, quick cuts to just different things, and I was like, I don't even know. I can't even concentrate what's going on right now because you're sending me, like, five different stories right now, but it did you know even itself out but it does say something that that came out right before christmas and me writing my top 10 in february i totally forgot about it and i like me walking out of the theater when i saw it in december i was like man that was great but obviously it's not as great as i thought it was if i don't even remember yeah (laughs) so yeah it's i mean it'd probably be top 15 for me but i'm also a huge star wars fan so yeah so those are going to be both of our top uh, top ten lists for 2019 when it comes to games and movies. Just a couple of preferences out there. One, we probably won't make another long podcast like right. this unless we start going into other years of games, <laughs> which we can at least get an hour games out of. of the decade? Yeah. We, podcast. we do want to do a Games <laughs> of the Decade one, which we'll at least get to an hour. But yep. for our first podcast here, 
2019 oh. kind of recently passed. Mm-hmm. And I just think we both thought this was a good idea to start out as our first podcast. Uh, listeners are going to get a feel for the type of games we like, type of movies we like, and everything like that. Uh, f- that you have anything left to say there? No, we did it. All right, well, yeah, Done. we did. First one's in the bag. For, yeah, first episode's in the bag, <laughs> and I didn't think we did too bad, but I no. guess we're going to have to figure out how the recording goes here after we're done. Yep. But... All of my friends and people who I've sent this link to, first off, thank you for listening. Hopefully this wasn't a complete drag and hopefully we <laughs> said something you either agreed with, yelled at me for, or I'm going to get a call or text about why I'm so <laughs> wrong about something. That's what we want. And we really want user engagement. If at some point this gets big enough, we really would love to have people's emails and be able to read them. Mm-hmm. We can we can talk so much about video games, but bringing people in and giving us hypotheticals and stuff to think about, I think adds more to the show. And you know, if for whatever reason people listen to this and, and they don't know who we are, you know, you're going to get more of a look into our psyche and the kind of people we are for it. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you again for listening to this first episode of this. This is a temporary name. We think we don't know if we're going to go full one yet, but thank you for listening to every gamers podcast. Uh, hopefully we don't get flagged for anything. I, we, we shouldn't be using any copyrighted music, but maybe Disney plus, you know, if you want to sponsor us, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. Gamefly. If you want to sponsor us, we have one of your users here. Why not? We're talking about like five plus years of Gamefly usage. So throw me a bone here. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So thanks. Thanks again. I know I've said it a million times. Thanks everyone for watching and hopefully we make a second one and hopefully this all works out well and we'll see you guys in the next one sounds good have a good one all right bye